0: How are we this morning? Good. 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 All right. If you have your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 5. Book of Mark, you guys are so quiet this morning. There you go. Faithful few. All right. Mark chapter 5. We are wrapping up, um, we're not wrapping up the book of Mark. I know Some of you are like, oh God. Um, We're wrapping up chapter 5 today. I'm going to read this to you, and it's a a chunk of reading, about 20 verses. I'm going to read this to you, and then together we are going to kind of walk back through um, with three things from the text that grabbed me in study and as we looked at, uh, kind of walking through the book of Mark, three things that just kind of rise to the surface surface as you sift around through Mark chapter 5, and it's kind of beautiful. So if you have your Bible, start with me in 521, Mark 521. And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather she grew worse. She heard, had heard the reports that Jesus of Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she knew if she touched even his garment, she would be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched me? And his disciples, still being morons, No, that's not there. But they're about to be what they've always been. I want you to see this. The disciples just say dumb stuff. They're just like me. (laughs) Who touched me, Jesus said. And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And he healed. Be healed of your disease. And while he was still speaking, there came a ruler, someone from the ruler's house. And they said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what was said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And he followed no one. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of Jesus. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered in, he said, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but only sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside of the house and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him in where the child was. And taking her by the hand, he said, Talitha kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, Arise. And immediately the little girl got up and began walking, and they were overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know of this, and they told her, he told them to get her something to eat. I want to pray for us, and then we're going to walk through these three things that grab us from the text. Father... We've said it before, and we'll say it again and again and again and again, that you're the greatest all, of all time. There's none like you. There's never been any like you, and there will never be any like you. You are infinitely better than anything that we could experience on this planet. And God, as we confess that with our mouths, help us to receive that, to know that in our hearts, Lord, that you are greatest of all time. Lord, as we study the text together, as we look at it this morning, I pray that you would stir our affections for your namesake and for your glory. Help us to see the text, to live the text, and be overcome by the text. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, and you kind of have this dynamic playing out in Mark chapter 5, and this is one of my favorite stories, um, or has in the process of studying become one of my favorite stories. You have Jairus, who is a ruler of a synagogue. Okay, he would kind of be the equivalent of, he was a layman. He wasn't necessarily paid by the synagogue, but he was, he would have been important. He would have been somebody in the community that everybody would have recognized. He would have walked into the, the local diner and everybody would have be been like, oh Jerry, yes, what's up? He would, he would have known everybody, he had a good relationship. People would have respected him. He, he took care of the synagogue the maintenance around it, kind of made sure everything was taken care of. But not only that, he made sure that the order of worship in a synagogue, a ruler of the synagogue, would make sure that the, the worship was being carried out the way that it was supposed to be carried out. This dude was important. I mean, he was somebody, right? I mean, like he, he made sure that like, the scriptures were read and the scriptures were in place and all the rabbis were doing what, what rabbis do, Right? In the same story, in the the, the same piece of text, there's this woman who lives on the other end of the spectrum. See, as known and loved and welcomed and celebrated as Jairus was, this woman with an issue of blood would have been ostracized and isolated and shunned. And if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to jot this down because the very first thing that rises from the text, the very first thing that grabs us in the scripture is that everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. We see this picture in Mark where the man who's known by everybody, patted on the back by everybody, everybody has him over to their house on Sunday afternoon for chicken dinner, right? It's that guy is desperate for Jesus. That guy has to have Jesus, and then you see this obscure nobody woman who, at that moment, if she was known to be in the crowd, could have been stoned, because being in the presence of other people in their religious sect made that she made them meant that she made them unclean. Just her being in their presence, someone was to brush against her, they would be considered unclean because of her, her her physical struggle. Can you see it in the text? how Jesus walks into the room and, and the person that acts like they have it all together, they think they have it all together, they have the, the 401k is perfectly established and the, the family's perfect in all the portraits. Jesus came for that person and at the same time, he came for the person who was at the other end of the spectrum who thinks that they're nobody and loathes their very birth. Everyone needs Jesus this morning. You say, well, well, TJ, you know, he's a good teacher, you know. Yeah, you know, Kind of of get down with Jesus. I want you to hear Romans 3.23. A lot of us could quote this by heart. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I want to go on just a bit. And are justified by his grace and as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. All have fallen short of the glory of God. But something happens when that fallen shortness reaches Jesus. In the heart of every single one of us is this brokenness, this fracture of unity with God. In the heart of every single man and woman, there is this desperate need. And it's not more money. It's not more things. It's not more popularity. It's not more sex. It's more Jesus. It's more Jesus. In the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl that sits under the sound of my voice, our greatest need is Jesus. I love what Spurgeon said. He's an old guy. He's been dead a long time, but he said a lot of really cool stuff. He said, I can do without everything else. He said, the longer I live, the more that I realize I can do without everything else except the word of God, except Jesus. I can do without everything. I have to have. If there's one thing that I have to have, it's Jesus. Jesus. We see this picture played out. It's, it's this beautiful idea. I want you to see it in John chapter 3, verse 16. Most of you could, could probably recite this to me this morning, but I'm going to read it over you. In John 3, if you're churched at all, you've heard this. Probably spray painted on a sign. If you played football, you wanted to be like Tebow and put it on that little paint stuff. I never played football, so. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So hear this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that through him the world might have life. He sent Jesus because every single one of us was spiritually dead with this great need to be resurrected. And Jesus paints this picture for us in Mark it doesn't matter what family we came from. It doesn't matter in our life if we hung a degree on the wall. It doesn't matter in our life if, if we have this perfect track record or if we just only know broken tracks. Jesus painted this picture to remind the world that I came for everybody. And that's what I love about Jesus. A lot of us, we find ourselves in one of those two positions a lot of times. I've been what I felt like on both ends. I thought I was somebody at, at different times in my life. I'm tempted with pride. So I think I'm somebody, I think, I, you know, yada, 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 I don't really need God. I kind of have my systems down. I kind of have my routine during the week. I kind of do my thing. And, and when things start going really good, it seems like it's a little easier to depend on TJ rather than on Jesus. It's a little easier to not acknowledge him. It's a little easier to skip a, a, a quiet time or skip a devotion or, or, or not dive into prayer because, man, I'm kind of managing things well. Am I the only one that's ever been there? You know, if, business is going good, life is going good, family's going good, and my focus kind of goes off of him onto those things because I'm doing a pretty good job. And what I realize is at the peak of my goodness, I'm still absolutely broken and in need of a Savior because there's nothing good in me. So if you're on that side of the coin this morning, you say, well, TJ, I'm doing pretty good. Life's pretty good. I'm I'm kind of a rock star in my realm, man. You just don't know. Hear me when I say this well. Jarius, who had all the money and all the accolades in the world, knew that the only place where real hope could be found was falling at the feet of Jesus. No matter what you've done, no matter what, what you've acquired in this life, the only lasting hope and grace and peace will be found at the feet of Jesus. And then you had the other side of the coin. I've been there at times in my life and maybe you could share in the sentiment this morning that that you feel like nobody, kind of ashamed of your sin and your brokenness and you know how dirty and and kind of just screwed up you are inside so you're like, "Mm, Jesus doesn't really want me and he wouldn't want me. You kind of just stay in obscurity and you're okay living in the shadows. I mean, I think about this lady's life and for 12 years, she was never invited to the party. She never hung out with the friends. She never went out in town. She was never seen having a good time. This lady lived in the darkness alone. So this morning, you may feel like you're on the mountain, or you may feel like you're stuck in the valley of the shadow of death, and hear me when I say this, the love and grace and reach of Jesus will meet you where you are. Meet you where you are. Not only does everyone need Jesus this morning, but Jesus' reach is not limited to race, socioeconomical status, success, or failure. Jesus' reach reach is intended to rescue this morning. We're desperate for him. desperate for him I love the way that I'll say this and then I'll read the quote there is evidence that in the heart of Jesus there is a place for the noble and those who think they are nobody Trimper Logman says it this way and I I love this according to Jewish law contact with Gentiles demoniacs, graves, blood or death made one ceremonially unclean in this you see all these episodes playing out and Jesus never shirks back from any of them He isn't defiled by them. He brings healing and restoration. I want you to see this with me. The person that everyone else ran from. The things that would defile everyone else. The things that left everyone else scratching their head and contemplating in their heart, not knowing what to do. Jesus was the only one that could reach in, restore, and make it clean. See, some of us say, man, I'm too broken or I'm too nasty or I'm too too far gone. Jesus really doesn't want me. You have a picture here of someone that was so far gone and someone who had it all together. And Jesus reached into their story to breathe life. I want you to ask yourself this question before we move on to the next point this morning. Have you had a moment in your life have you had an experience where you realized that you absolutely needed Jesus? If you're anything like me, it was probably when you were flat on your back, Not much like the woman already spent all of her money. She'd already tried everything she could try, and she had nothing else left to do. She, she was like, I've got to get Jesus. What would it look like for, for you today, this morning, in the context of this gathering, to say, Jesus, you're all I need? Jesus, I've been giving my life to all these other things and all these other desires and all these other people, but today, Jesus, I just want to acknowledge that you're all I need. Something else that rises from the text that I love here, towards the end of the conversation, Jesus is, he's already made his, you know, his disciples are always saying dumb stuff like, Jesus, everybody's touching you kind of thing and they're always saying crazy stuff and Jesus says this he said who touched me he goes on to say this she comes and she tells him the whole story I love that about this part of scripture the lady tells him the whole story in this picture I see it playing out like this she uh, tempted to as we all are you know if somebody was asking hey, that, you hey know, that one time you did that bad thing what actually happened don't we usually just sell the best version of it to make ourselves look really good anybody ever been there I call it Instagramming it. We usually Instagram it up. We throw a few filters on it and make it look way better than it actually is. Listen, you serve a Jesus who, though in our minds and our hearts sometimes we think, Jesus, if he knows the whole story, he won't want me or he'll reject me. You serve a Jesus this morning that already knows the whole story. He knows the whole story. And this was his response to the whole story. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. I know the whole story. And I still want you. I know the whole story. I still want to call you sons and daughters. That's the screams from the text to us this morning. I know the whole story and I still want you. Faith moves us, daughter. Your faith has made you well. I love this about faith, and I want to apologize this morning. I said this to our nine thirty crew. I said, "Man, I, I really feel the need to uh, apologize uh, because a lot of times when you hear preachers talk about faith, you know it, they, they kind of preach it this way: if you have enough faith, things will go good. Anybody ever heard that from a pulpit? Well, if you just prayed a little harder, things would have turned out better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that someone said that to you. What we often find is not that our faith makes God do what we want to do, but our faith brings us out of hiding and puts us face to face with Jesus. See, that's what I love about this text. That morning that Jarius woke up, something inside of him was shaken to life, and he knew he had one need, and that need was Jesus. It's faith. If I can just get to Jesus, he can change the day. This obscure woman living in the shadows wakes up and there's something different that day, something that's shaken to life in her, and there's this deep-rooted faith that says, if I could just touch his garments, he could change the day. See, it's not that our faith manipulates God or moves God to do exactly what I want, but what we find out is that our faith brings us to where we're face-to-face with the only thing that we really need jesus christ the righteous last part of the story and then we're we're going to have a time of communion together that's why the tables and the silver things are on the side we're going to just have a little sweet time of communion as a family but the last point that i want to make this morning not only does everyone need jesus not only can jesus reach into every story he's not limited by our mess-ups or our failures or where we were born or who we are Not only does our faith move us to be face-to-face with the the King of kings and the Lord of lords, but what I love about Scripture and what I love about Jesus is that Jesus keeps on amazing his sons and daughters. Over and over and over again. If you read back through uh, chapter 2 and 3 and 4 leading up to chapter 5, every time Jesus does something, it'll say something like, And they were astonished or they were amazed. Today, you may be sitting in the boat. You may be sitting where you are and say, TJ, I I just need God to amaze me because for this situation to turn around, for God to redeem where I'm at in life would be amazing. Would you believe today? Would today be the day that you would allow God to shake fresh faith in your life? And for you to believe, God, you can do whatever you want to do. Jesus, you're all I need I'm going to pray for you uh, this morning, and, and then we're going to have deacons. Actually, deacons can go ahead and come forward, be getting ready. Deacons are going to come forward, and, and we're going to have a time of communion. And this morning, if you're, um, we don't have a closed communion at First Baptist Church. What that means is it's okay if you're a member of another church. You're welcome, if you're a believer in Christ, to take communion with us. We would love that. But we're, we're going to have a time where the, the plates will be passed and you'll have the bread in your hand and the, you'll have the, the juice in your hand. And it'll be time to remember what Christ has done for us. And I would love for some of you this morning to be so bold to, to maybe pray a prayer like this. Jesus, I need you. It's not fancy. Jesus, if if I could just get face to face with you. Jesus, I need you to reach into my story. Jesus, I need you. As they pass the plate, and these guys are going to sing a song of response over us. And in that time, I'm going to read some scripture as they pass, but I'm going to pray and then they'll pass. Father, thank you. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the opportunity to think about the cross. God, thank you that when we couldn't, you did. I thank you that when we were, were broken, Lord, you came to make us whole. Father, we could spend eternity singing your praise and still not do you justice. So this morning, stir our affections in the name of Jesus. Amen.